European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 44, Issue 43. Focus Issue, Valvular Heart Disease, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Hot Topics in Valvular Heart Disease, Tricuspid Regurgitation, Bicuspid Aortic Valve, Artificial Intelligence for Aortic Stenosis, and Aortic Aneurysm. This focus issue on valvular heart disease contains the special article Tricuspid Valve Academic Research Consortium Definitions for Tricuspid Regurgitation and Trial Endpoints by the TVARC Steering Committee. Interest in the pathophysiology, etiology, management and outcomes of patients with tricuspid regurgitation, or TR, has grown in the wake of multiple natural history studies showing progressively worse outcomes associated with increasing tricuspid regurgitation severity, even after adjusting for multiple comorbidities. Historically, isolated tricuspid valve surgery has been associated with high in-hospital mortality rates, leading to the development of transcatheter treatment options. The aim of this first tricuspid valve academic research consortium document is to standardise definitions of disease etiology and severity, as well as endpoints for trials that seek to address the gaps in our knowledge related to identification and management of patients with tricuspid regurgitation. Standardising endpoints for trials should provide consistency and enable meaningful comparisons between clinical trials. A second tricuspid valve academic research consortium document will focus on further defining trial endpoints and will discuss trial design options. Another special article entitled Acquired Cardiovascular Disease in Adults with Congenital Heart Disease A Call to Action for Timely Preventative Measures A Clinical Consensus Statement of the European Society of Cardiology Working Group on Adult Congenital Heart Disease in collaboration with the European Association of Preventative Cardiology and the European Association of Percutaneous Cardiovascular Interventions, authored by Margarita Breda from Imperial College in London, United Kingdom, and colleagues. The authors note that rates of successful surgical repair and lifetime expectancy for patients with congenital heart disease, or CHD, have increased dramatically in recent decades. Thus, an ever-increasing number of individuals with CHD are reaching advanced age. The exposure to cardiovascular risk factors during their lifetime is modifying the outlook and late clinical trajectory of adult CHD, or ACHD. Their disease burden is shifting from congenital to acquired, primarily atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, or ASCVD, with worrisome consequences. In addition, the complex background of ACHD often curbs appropriate preventative strategies by general practitioners or adult cardiologists. Comprehensive guidance for the prevention and management of acquired heart disease in ACHD patients is currently not available, as this topic has not been covered by the European Society of Cardiology or ESC guidelines on cardiovascular disease prevention or the ESC Guidelines for the Management of ACHD. 
In this document, a state-of-the-art overview of acquired heart disease in ACHD patients and guidance on ASCVD prevention for both ACHD specialists and non-ACHD cardiologists are provided. The aim is to supply a clinical consensus statement to foster the development of a sustainable strategy for the prevention of ASCVD in a practical and simple-to-follow way in this ever-growing cardiovascular cohort, thus reducing their cardiovascular burden. Bicuspid aortic valve, or BAV, is the most common congenital heart anomaly. Lifetime morbidity and whether long-term survival varies according to BAV patient subgroups are unknown. In a clinical research article entitled Bicuspid Aortic Valve, Long-Term Morbidity and Mortality, Li Tan Yang and colleagues from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, USA, aim to assess lifetime morbidity and long-term survival in BAV patients in the community. The authors retrospectively identified all Olmsted County, Minnesota, residents with an echocardiographic diagnosis of BAV from 1st of January 1980 to the 31st of December 2009, including patients with typical valvuloaortopathy, BAV without accelerated valvuloaortopathy or associated disorders, and those with complex valvuloaortopathy. BAV with accelerated valvular aortopathy or associated disorders. A total of 652 consecutive diagnosed BAV patients, median age 37 years, 81% adult and 19% pediatric, were followed for a median of 19.1 years. The total cumulative lifetime morbidity burden from birth to age 90 was 86%. Cumulative lifetime progression to greater than or equal to moderate aortic stenosis or regurgitation, aortic valve surgery, aortic aneurysm greater than or equal to 45 mm or Z-score greater than or equal to 3, aortic surgery, infective endocarditis, and aortic dissection was 80.3, 68.5, 75.4, 27.6, and 1.6% respectively. Survival of patients with typical valvular aortopathy was similar to the age match stroke sex match Minnesota population, P equaling 0.12. Conversely, survival of patients with complex valvular aortopathy was lower than expected, with a relative excess mortality risk of 2.25, P equaling 0.01. The authors conclude that BAV exhibits a high lifetime morbidity burden where valvular aortopathy is close to unavoidable by age 90. The most common BAV clinical presentation is that typical valvular aortopathy with preserved expected long-term survival, while the complex valvular aortopathy presentation incurs higher mortality. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Julie de Bakker from the Ghent University Hospital in Belgium and Siddharth Prakash from the University of Texas Health Science Center in Houston, Texas, USA. Debaka and Prakash conclude that this study nicely demonstrates the importance of considering factors that determine the complexity of valvular aortopathy in BAV disease, as defined by the recent nosology, 
when determining long-term outcomes. This is an important step towards more personalised medicine. Future research should aim for further refinement of this approach to include new biomarkers and insights from the mutated genes. These steps will promote timely disease management to prevent complications in patients and their relatives. Infective endocarditis, or IE, is a challenging clinical condition. In a clinical research article entitled Predictors of Embolism and Death in Left-Sided Infective Endocarditis, the European Society of Cardiology Euro-Observational Research Programme European Infective Endocarditis Registry. Antonio Sambola and colleagues from the University Hospital Valdhebron in Barcelona, Spain, assess the vegetation cutoff size as predictor of embolic events, or EEs, or 30-day mortality for left-sided infective endocarditis, or LSIE, and determined risk predictors of these outcomes. The European Society of Cardiology Euro-Observational Research Programme European Infective Endocarditis is a prospective multi-centre registry including patients with definite or possible IE throughout 2016 to 2018. Cox's multivariable logistic regression analysis was performed to assess variables associated with EEs or 30-day mortality. There were 2,171 patients with LSIE, women 31.5%. Among these affected patients, 21% had a new EE or died in 30 days. The cutoff value for vegetation size for predicting EEs or 30-day mortality was greater than 10 mm, hazard ratio or HR 1.38, P equaling 0.0015. Other adjusted predictors of risk of EE or death were EE on admission, HR 1.89, P less than 0.0001, history of heart failure, HR 1.53, P equaling 0.0004, creatinine greater than 2 mg per deciliter, HR 1.59, P equaling 0.0002, Staphylococcus aureus, HR 1.36, P equaling 0.008, congestive heart failure, HR 1.40, P equaling 0.003, presence of hemographic stroke, HR 4.57, P being less than 0.0001, alcohol abuse, HR 1.45, P equaling 0.03, presence of cardiogenic shock, HR 2.07, P equaling 0.003, and not performing left surgery, HR 1.30, P equaling 0.016, C statistic equaling 0.68. Sambola and colleagues conclude that prognosis after LSIE is determined by multiple factors including vegetation size. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Andrew Wang from Duke University School of Medicine in Durham, North Carolina, USA. Wang notes that the Asterix trial is currently enrolling patients in Denmark with left-sided and large vegetation, greater than or equal to 10 mm, but without other class 1 indication, and is randomising patients to early surgery within 48 hours 
to assess whether this reduces overall mortality, stroke, or other systemic embolism compared with medical therapy alone. With growing evidence that large vegetation size is a risk for poor outcome in IE, such additional studies are needed to identify interventions to prevent these complications before the opportunity disappears. The natural history of ascending thoracic aortic aneurysm, or ATAA, is incompletely known. In another clinical research article entitled Fate of the Unoperated Ascending Thoracic Aortic Aneurysm, three-decade experience from the Aortic Institute at Yale University. Jin Lin Wu and colleagues from the Yale University School of Medicine in New Haven, Connecticut, USA, aim to outline the true natural history of ATAA based on a cohort of patients not undergoing surgical intervention. The outcomes, risk factors, and growth rates of 964 unoperated ATAA patients were investigated over a median follow-up of 7.9 years. The primary endpoint was adverse aortic events, or AAEs, including dissection, rupture, and aortic death. At aortic sizes of 3.5 to 3.9, 4.0 to 4.4, 4.5 to 4.9, 5.0 to 5.4, 5.5 to 5.9, and greater than or equal to 6 centimeters, the average yearly risk of AAE was 0 0.2, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 1.4, 2.0, and 3.5 respectively, P being less than 0.001, and the 10-year survival free from AAE was 97.8, 98.2, 97.3, 84.6, 80.4, and 70.9% respectively, P being less than 0.001. The risk of AAE was relatively flat up to an aortic size of 5 cm, at which point it began to increase rapidly, P for nonlinearity less than 0.001. The mean annual growth rate was estimated to be 0.10 plus or minus 0.01 centimeters per year. Multivariable Cox regression identified aortic size, HR 1.78, P being less than 0.001, and age, HR 1.02, P equaling 0.015, as significant independent risk factors for AAE. The authors conclude that an aortic size of 5 cm rather than 5.5 cm may be a more appropriate intervention criterion for prophylactic ATAA repair. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Rebecca Hultgren from the Karolinska Institutet in Stockholm, Sweden. Hultgren concludes that several knowledge gaps remain, even if this large series is unique. How should the genetic subgroup be treated if the threshold is 50 mm for all other patients? How should the risk-benefit calculation be made in the future with the development of less invasive surgical procedures? When should women be treated? How should the morphological categorizations of aortic root aneurysms phenotypes 1, 2 and 3 be considered for treatment threshold evaluations? This patient series from a recognized center of excellence 
is one of the first larger studies performed on the natural history of TAA and will hopefully be followed by others trying to cover these areas which still need to be unraveled. Early diagnosis of aortic stenosis, or AS, is critical to prevent morbidity and mortality, but requires skilled examination with Doppler imaging. In a clinical research article entitled Severe Aortic Stenosis Detection by Deep Learning Applied to Echocardiography, Gregory Holst and colleagues from the University of Texas in Austin, Texas, USA, report the development and validation of a novel deep learning model that relies on two-dimensional, or 2D, parasternal long-axis videos from transthoracic echocardiography without Doppler imaging to identify severe AS, suitable for point-of-care ultrasonography. In a training set of 5,257 studies from 2016 to 2020, an ensemble of 3D convolutional neural networks was developed to detect severe AS, leveraging self-supervised contrastive pre-training for label-efficient model development. This deep learning model was validated in a temporally distinct set of 2,040 consecutive studies. The deep learning model achieved an area under the receiver operating characteristic curve, or AUROC, of 0.978 for detecting severe AS in the temporally distinct test set, maintaining its diagnostic performance in geographically distinct cohorts. The model was interpretable with saliency maps identifying the aortic valve, mitral annulus and left atrium as the predictive regions. The authors conclude that this study developed and externally validated an automated approach for severe AS detection using single-view 2D echocardiography with potential utility for point-of-care screening. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.